Hello and welcome to the Pet Healer Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Mitzi Vargas. And today, I don't know if you can tell my excitement, I'm talking about ozonated um, liniments used in prevention of plaque and tartar and gingivitis in dogs and cats. And the reason is because I read a very recent article. I think it came from the University of Iowa. And it was comparing um, how will ozonated liniments, uh, usually is a mineral oil, you know, base, and they just put the ozone in it, trapped into the mineral oil. And how will that be applied after a dental cleaning and polishing, just like usual? Then they um, did a control group and a testing group, and they applied the ozonated um, liniment to the gums once a day, and then at the end of the period that they studied, they looked at the both groups. And amazingly, they found a striking difference, so much so that it, it beat the 20% difference that um, the Academy of um, Dentistry for, you know, requires to, um, to determine if something is actually uh, effective. Because, uh, you know, there's so many products, but the Veterinary Oral Health Council, they only approve certain products when they really have evidence that they help and that way more, statistically speaking, than the control group, than not doing anything or doing the normal stuff. So in this case, they they had different uh, ways of measuring the gingivitis and the tartar accumulation. And they, it was a striking difference. They noticed that the tre- treatment group um, were good in all the aspects that they were treating. And so why is this important? Because I was in the lookout for something natural, something that does not affect the gut biome, something that does not affect the enamel, something that is not chemical, another pharma thing, to prevent... Black. And I had been lukewarm, I would say, uh, lukewarm in finding uh, something effective. And so I really like this because it's so simple. You don't have to brush it. Now, the standard of care, so that I'm clear, is to brush your dog's or cat's teeth every day. Now, let's be realistic. How many of us can do that? Um, I can tell you that my pugs will not do it. Uh, Uli, my German Shepherd, will let me do it. And Pluto will let me do it with the finger brush. And But I, as a, as a very basic clinician, um, I'm known to skip some days. And so it may not be daily, maybe a couple of times a week that I get to do it. And so... Because of that, because it takes time, but it would be so simple to apply the liniment. I mean, I could put it in my finger and apply it. It would be, it would take me one second, I don't know, very, very fast to do four dogs. And so, again, compliance is, is also important because if you have to put it in the f- liquid, in a uh, liquid in the food or a liquid in the water, and they don't drink or they don't eat, then you cause a domino effect of other problems. When you have to add the supplement, um, like we have some of those that are powder and you put it in the food, it works to some extent, but some dogs won't touch the food because they know they're treated. 
So I've been trying to see what can be used that is not toxic. And so I found this very exciting news because ozone is the just a third molecule of oxygen, right? Instead of being O2, um, it's an O3. And it's a radical, but it, it, it's really... It has a lot of antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory properties. That it controls inflammation. I use ozone because it also has anti-cancer properties. So those dogs that have gingival hyperplasia, like boxers, my pugs, uh, any of the flat face usually have problems with gingival hyperplasia or epulized little gum tumors. So I feel like this liniment would be a very good idea for those how about the um, dogs like poodles where they have such crowded mouths and they constantly have to be doing dentals? My sister's, um, you know, poodle, when he lived, um, rest in peace, Charlie, um, he used to have a dental cleaning once a year. And then as he aged, it was probably every eight months. And at the end, he lost all his teeth, but they start with 42 teeth. So you can imagine how many interventions to in order to lose all of them. And this is with excellent care. And he lived a beautiful life, and we took really good care of him. Uh, from the medical standpoint, and my, and my sister, obviously, he was the prince of the house. So I, I just ache thinking about all of the other dogs that do not receive such, you know, intensive care oral care and, and support. And so this would be a very safe, non-toxic product that is actually effective that can be done regularly. And um, this can be applied to the gingiva, but also to the tooth it, because the oil kind of like covers that area um, in between, kind of seals that area in between the, the sulcus, in between the gum and the tooth, that area where all the bacteria, bacteria penetrates, that kind of like be like a sealant if you do it before they eat or, you know, at the end of the day. And I think that it is a good idea. When we use ozone right now at the practice, we're using it uh, flushing after... We are extracting teeth. We're flushing the cavity, the bone cavity with it. Then after, before even, we intervene. Before we even put the x-rays, the sensor inside of the mouth of the pet, we rinse the mouth with ozone. Kills everything, every bacteria, every virus, anything that is in there. And then when you extract the tooth, we flush the cavity that we leave with the ozone and then we close it and then we rinse one more before you know we um take them from the anesthetic uh the gas anesthetic so that's how i've been using the ozone right now and i've had really good results and some of the uh, teeth are healing faster and so that's why when i saw something it's kind of like bias confirmation because or confirmation bias like you said um because you know, I see it when I use the ozone in my dentistry, I see better results when they heal better, faster, and, um, you know, stronger attachment of the teeth. 
And of course, I can't have everybody buy an also machine and do it at home, but I can prescribe this liniment with each dental cleaning that we do. And that's what I propose to do. And I that's what I I hope that I am inspiring others to do. Um, ozone is, in, is the future of veterinary medicine and when it comes to an alternative or complementary medicine because it can be used for so many things. Rectal ozone is what we use for cancer treatment uh, and for weakness, uh, severe uh, general malaise. We can use rectal ozone and they do great. But there's many doctors that are using uh, ozone in other capacities. Um, in acupuncture, you can actually use ozone or ozone saline or just ozone gas and you put it in the acupuncture points. And I've done it a couple of times as well. And so I hope that today you learned something that you're excited like I am about having something that is non-toxic, safe, antimicrobial, anti-inflammatory for your pets that is actually effective and that is uh, within reach, you know, for all of us integrated practitioners to use and prescribe for our pet owners. We're going to talk about the psychology of owning a pet. There is so much uh, material out there. If you look at articles, uh, scientific studies, there's a big organization that studies the human-animal bond, and they have discovered many benefits of owning a pet. Um, and most of them are have to do with reducing the stress and reducing the blood pressure and... Uh, some of them also are related to children, you know, especially there's a study that proves that owning a pet decreases the incidence of allergies in children. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But the reason we're talking about the psychology of owning a pet is because there's a recent uh, press release from the Academy of Neurology, and they were talking about a study that they uh, presented pretty big about um, six, you know, through six years in the making and, and good patient database. And they were talking about how there was demonstrable uh, evidence uh, in, in the studies that seniors over 65 years of age benefit cognitively from owning a pet. They noticed that uh, not only did they have less depression symptoms and less stress, so overall health was a little bit improved, but they, the Academy of Neurology was distinctively studying um, Alzheimer's and cognitive decline. And uh, it was demonstrable the difference between the pen-owning seniors and the ones that didn't, that were alone or didn't have it. There is something called um, mental cognitive frailty or mental frailty that happens when seniors are alone, especially if they lose their spouse. That's the number one cause of the, the decline and the beginning probably of Alzheimer's and other uh, neurological diseases that prey upon the brain, you know, the brain's ability to function. And uh, this frailty, again, is a big stressor like the loss of the spouse. That's the number one cause. But they noticed something interesting. Even with that stressor, 
the ones that lost the spouse but still had a pet, they did way better than the ones that did not have a pet. Uh, it was amazing. And so that, I think, is, is, a, is, is just a little sample of the benefits of owning a pet, a pet. But what is the psychology of it? I know that uh, a lot of it has to do with um, touch therapy because we are meant to feel love. Touch is a, a therapy that actually communicates and, and lowers the stress and makes people feel loved and unseen uh, or, 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 or that they exist, that they matter. And so in children, like as, as I mentioned before, there's a big benefit of introducing um, pets early on in the infancy and um, childhood because there is such thing as autoimm- the immunity um, modulation that it happens when they're exposed to allergens like dander in the fur and, you know, the just the microbes and everything that it just conveys owning a pet. Um, but... In addition to that, the touch therapy, this is very important in the brain development. At the, in the childhood stages, the brain is still developing, and the interconnected, uh, you know, re- the relationship areas, the um, empathy, uh, compassion, uh, the, the fact that being love or ex- expression of love or receive, the receiving of love all of these emotions and, and feelings are vital for the development of a normal brain. And so kids have an advantage when they have pets in the household. And senior citizens also demonstrates that it's not just for children and in the brain development, but we know that the brain has neuroplasticity, that the brain can change, that the brain is constantly changing probably, as a result of our experiences and our environment, nutrition, and so on. And so because of the neuroplasticity, now we know that the touch therapy could really have dramatic effects, not just on the psyche, on the well-being and the mental state of the people that have their pet, but also on the physical aspect of it, because, of course, we know that the release of oxytocin happens in the pet and in the owner when they have a positive um, interaction. And so alleviating depression, which is one of the things that is affecting the seniors, especially when they're alone the most, and relieving the stressors of life. Another thing that can improve the health of the seniors and the mental health of any adult or children really, but mainly adults, is that the fact that you have a dog, you have to walk them. You have to get out of the house. You have to interact with other people, probably on the way walking the dog, dog park, um, buying things, a pet supermarket with your dog, doing activities that involve um, giving a purpose, getting out of the house, and interacting with others. All of those socialization um, events really help the mind and the clarity and the cognition of the senior citizens. So I really uh, I would encourage all our listeners, if you have 
a pet, great. Uh, appreciate it a little bit more. If you haven't had a pet because you feel that you're older, which I guess, I don't know if you're a veterinary practitioner like me, I have really wonderful clients. And when they they have a pet that have been there, there for, you know, 16 years or even more, and that pet passes, they said, I don't want any more pets. And I often ask, why wouldn't you? You had a wonderful relationship and you love this pet so much. Why would you close your heart to another pet? I said, well, some of the answers are, you know, obviously it's too much pain. And that is just a grieving, you know, stage of grieving is really, um, you know, saying you'll never have that pet. And that can last for many years for some people. But in some cases, it just lasts until you see the next pet, right? Um, the right pet looking at you or licking you or interacting with you. But another segment of my patient, my clients, they do not want another pet because they feel they're over 65. And it's not that they're traveling or anything, but they just feel that they will outlive their pet. If their pet lives 16 years and they're 70, they feel like, oh, I, I don't want to have a pet because I might outlive it. But the funny thing is that the, the senior itself will live longer if they have the pet. So that pet might make you outlive what you think you will live. So uh, my advice to all my listeners and the people watching in YouTube is to get a pet. Just get it. I know it's a big responsibility, um, but it definitely has a lot of uh, psychological benefits uh, to it. So one of the other things that I wanted to talk about, um, about the health, the mental health of it, is the um, blood pressure. Uh, blood pressure seems to be one of the studies, at least in the human-animal bond um, research that I've had to read for my certification. The, the, the very easy to corroborate, right? Because you can measure the blood pressure, then have a person interact with a pet, and then measure the blood pressure afterwards. And you can get a very easy study on that. And it was consistently the same results. The outcome is the same. They do lower your blood pressure. They lower your blood pressure. And they also, um, again, mentally, that could could signify a lot of things. Um, the stress and the high blood pressure, they kind of like go hand on hand. And so I think that that's one of the bigger um, weapons that, that pet owners have against uh, guarding against mental disease. Uh, but now with this Academy of Neurology, they're going to present their results in their big conference in April, but they had a a big uh, news release, and I'm always looking at animal and animal bond um, news, and that's why I was really uh, happy to see that that cognitive decline. One of the weapons that we have against it is pet ownership, and the psychology of that. I am sure that it has to do with the touch therapy, because touch therapy also has been without a pet even, um, you know, in the, just the touching, somebody hugging, they have done the studies. Again, hugging studies are very easy to do. You have a person that is depressed, you 
hugged them for a certain amount of time. You measured the parameters of the blood pressure and even oxytocin and everything, all the hormones. And then after the hug or touch therapy, the, you can see the change in those parameters. And so they have objective measurement of the changes in your body. And so I hope that if you have been on the fence of getting a pet for 2023, this is the year to do it. Just um, my encouragement is for you to go into a shelter because they have so many pets that have been abandoned. They're looking for a home. And so try a shelter first. Um, believe it or not, if you have a specific breed that you want to find or a specific age, did you know you can call the shelters and be on a list, on a waiting list for these pets to uh, show up? So you're going to say, well, I have allergies and I can only have curly um, curly, uh, uh, furry pets like poodles or poodle crosses, then you can say that and the next one that shows up, they'll call you first. Same if you need a little dog or a big dog or you prefer a senior over seven because you're in your 70s, you say, well, I'll get a pet, but I'm not going to get a baby. Well, that's wonderful too. So you can get a seven, you know, senior pet and you guys both will outlive the expected uh, time of longevity. So I really hope that the University of Michigan, which is the one that did the study, that they uh, present this in the Academy of Neurology, and that sums to the multitude of studies out there uh, advising us that there's a lot of benefits. We think often thinks that a pet is just a responsibility. We have to give, give, give care. But what they give us, in addition to unconditional love, they actually heal us. So my title here is, this podcast is The Pet Healer. The reality is that the pet heal us. And so I want to leave you with that thought. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. And please subscribe, share it with your friends and support us. Thank you. And remember that from now on, we're going to be uh, downloading every Friday a brand new episodes. So you can be on the lookout for them. Uh, in the meantime, visit our Facebook page, the Pet Healer Podcast page. Uh, we also have a website, thepethealerpodcast.com. And uh, it, we are in most platforms, so you can uh, enjoy our topics. Thank you, and until next time, take care. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Information about this episode came from my book, Alvet, the Revolutionary Pet Care and Longevity Solution, available in Amazon at our clinic, and soon to be an audiobook. So look forward to that. And this episode was sponsored by my practice, Orchid Springs Animal Hospital. And our website is www.osahvsinvictorets.com, osavets.com. There's a lot of information out there if you want some more information on integrative pet healing. And our Pet Healer podcast is going to be available in all platforms. So we're looking forward to seeing you again.